Hey, 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 and welcome to another episode of the Web Dev with Matt podcast. In this episode, my friend, I am talking about Docker Compose and the little issue that, well, not an issue with Docker, Docker Compose, but with my approach to setting up a local development project, a little bit of a blurb or intro to next week's episode where I'm going to be talking about JWTs or JOTs, OAuth2 and OpenID Connect and some things security, especially with reference to PHP and just a little bit about the week that was. And so with that, roll the intro music. to learn the essentials of developing and deploying applications with Docker, especially if you've been struggling to figure out what you need to know while Googling, searching Stack Overflow and various other forums, then you'll love Docker Essentials. It's a free book and course that teaches you the essentials of building images and deployment configurations, tagging images and pushing them to remote Docker registries, how to debug applications running inside Docker containers, how to debug containers when they don't work as expected, and how to deploy your application to a production environment or any other using Docker Compose. Now, it doesn't cover every possible Docker command, just the ones that you need to know about so that you can deploy your first application with confidence. You also get a host of supporting information, tips, tricks and pointers to help you out when you get stuck. Check it out today at dockeressentials.com. Hey, 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 and it's another episode of the Web Dev with Matt podcast. And this time I'm recording late on Thursday evening, this lovely 16th of December 2021 at 2010 or 810 in the evening Reason for that mainly is that I was trying to record episodes and get them out on a Friday, but it just wasn't working with family, with client work, with all the other goings on, especially at this time of year. It, It just wasn't working. So I've moved it to Thursday evening. I hope that I can resume a regular rhythm. And last week, I think I was just plain sick and just under the pump as it were. Um, so if you hear like the sound of the, the studio here sounds a bit different, if I sound a bit different, that's why. Anyway, this week's episode, I think it's going to be pretty good because I'm talking about a little bit of a situation I found myself in with Docker and I'm going to start to talk a little bit about all things, but not really because I'll kind of build up to that next week. I'll get into it next week. Sorry. Talk about JWTs or JOTs. OAuth2 and OpenID Connect. Um, I'll kind of touch on it. And the reason why I touch on that is I've recently started working on a project that involves all of those. Naturally, I can't go into any specifics, but I'll just say that I'm, I'm working with those. And as a result, I have been developing some code using all of those technologies. And one of the libraries 
that I wanted to use was a particular release or the latest release of, I think it's Firebase PHP, which is a JWT or JSON web token library. Um, I covered it in my course for Pluralsight on called Authentication and Authorization in PHP. If you took the course, you may be familiar. If not, cheap plug, check it out. Just as an aside, loads of effort went into that to create a really solid course. So if you're interested, check it out. Um, and so I wanted to add in the latest version. Now I hadn't looked to find already that the two core dependencies that I'd already been using for my code actually already depended on an earlier version, but it was version locked up to, I think the current version is 5.1 and it, um, sorry, and one of my two existing core packages that absolutely needed was locked. It, it limited Firebase PHP, the version to um, as early as 4.0.0 and as high, but no higher than 4.3.0. Now I need the, the latest version because of, I think just, I wanted to use the latest version. It was nice and simple and the examples made it such, but there was the problem because it didn't support that version yet and specifically depended on the earlier version. I went looking through the PRs on GitHub and found that someone whose name escapes me really had already created a PR. The maintainer had seen it, said, yes, I like it. Yes, I'll merge it this week. But being Christmas and I guess the person has, like the rest of us, many, many priorities. Who's to say when he actually will maintain it? Look, he may well do it this week but I needed it sooner than this week. I really wanted to get going now. So, you know, open source being open source, I, I forked the project and applied the changes myself into my fork of it and then used the, um, and then set up a path type repository in composer.json. Now, if you're not familiar with a path type repository, you can set up, I think, two, if not three additional type of, sorry, types of repositories in Composer.json. One is a VCS. So you tell it that you want to use a particular GitHub repository, sorry, Git repository, which could be on GitHub, Giddy, GitLab, or, or wherever, and give it a name and various details. And another one is you can specify a path to a Git repository on your local file system, which is what I chose. Now, I was working away and in kind of working through and kind of like from a test perspective, everything was fine, but I hadn't actually run the code. And as I do, if you're familiar with me, you'll know that I use Docker Compose a lot, having written Docker Essentials and continuing to work on the course. And so I was running the app with Docker Compose and had done my sort of simplistic setup of including all of the files, both code and static assets and so forth in the current directory into the running container. However, the path to my fork was outside of that directory. So when the container started, it didn't include that directory. The end result was when I went to run the app, it said uh, uh, class, I think it was key cloak can't be found. And I sat there scratching my head because I'd forgotten weirdly for me 
that I used Docker Compose and that I was using it in this case to power the application. And I kept thinking, that's weird. I, I can navigate to it in PHP Storm. Works just fine. I removed the vendor directory. I removed the composer lock file. I ran composer install, composer update. I checked that the path was correct. I double checked the composer documentation, all those things and thought, it should be there. The file's physically there. Like, like it's, it's indexed in PHP Storm, etc., etc. What's going on? And, you know, sometimes you just you get a bit close to something and you just can't see the proverbial forest for the trees. You just forget things in a moment. You just kind of so fixated that something should be working that you don't consider other possibilities. Well, some mishmash of those things was me. But gladly, I jumped into the PHP UG Slack group, which you can find at phpug.slack.com, uh, and just asked around in the general help section. Just explained the situation, and one of the people, as it should, uh, as luck would have it, if you will, who was in the channel, I also worked with some years ago in Frankfurt, and he just, you know what would you say, kind of, you know, second set of eyes with me. Have you done this? Yes. Have you done that? Yes. He said, oh, I'm really stuck. And then came back a little while later and said, you're not using Docker, are you? He said, because that could be a problem. And I said, no, but everything should work because no, it won't, will it? Because I haven't included that directory into the container. So in the container, which is where the files are coming from, the files aren't there and so I just had that moment of oh wait that's why it's not working so if I'm we'll just grab it here I'll just grab the file looking at the docker compose file I had um, as I indicated there before a single volume which included everything in the current working directory where all my files were and put that inside slash var slash w slash slash html inside the container. What I then did was add in a second volume, which pointed relative to the current directory, the directory I wanted to include, and where it should be put inside the container, and huzzah, away we go. Um, so what this helps do is vindicate my choice of using Docker to run environments, because I've... You know, if, if I wanted to add something in, well, what did it take? Not really much at all. All I had to do is add an extra volume, and there you go. Now, this admittedly isn't the, the, the hugest, um, what would you say, calls for using, for using Docker. It's quite a sort of a simplistic one. But I still think it goes to show that Docker and containers are really well worth using because of that flexibility that they offer you, that ability to sort of quickly tune and adjust the environment within which you're working to, to changing circumstances as and when said circumstances change. And I think that's really cool. So no, I'm, I'm not doing a, a cheap plug for my book or anything. Okay, maybe I'm doing a cheap little plug, but I think it's well worth it because, well, it just goes to prove that it works nicely. So anyway, that was really the, the big thing that I wanted to talk about this week. The other things that 
um, I want to give a shout out to also uh, the lovely, lovely group of people at laminus.slack.com or should I say in laminus.slack.com in the chat there because they're just a wonderful bunch. Hey, I've kind of been there, but I, I think it's fair to say I'm kind of more lurking really than, oh, well, I guess getting more involved recently. But there are some other people there who have just been so dedicated over the years. So I also want us to give a bit of a, a shout out to them and thank them for just being so responsive and being so helpful when I've needed help and when others need help. And then I'm going to try and do better and, and be there more myself. Anyway, um, this isn't a particularly long episode, um, but I just want to give a bit of a plug that in next week's episode, I'm going to be talking more about JWTs or JSON Web Tokens, OAuth 2, OpenID Connect, and the well, what I'm coming to find, because this is my first experience with it, is Keycloak, which is an, an authentication server identity provider. Um, that does OAuth 2 and JWTs and OpenID Connect. And the, I guess the real reason that I'm plugging this is partly because I'm getting into it again. I was into it uh, on several occasions, but it's been a little while since I've had call to use it. But I tell you, I think this time I may not go rusty on it. I may just continue going because at least with Keycloak, this, this server, this it's, it's really cool. I admit... And I don't want to dump on it. Please don't think that that's what I'm doing. But while it is is very powerful and, and there, are, there is so much functionality within it, it, from a UI perspective, and that being a web UI, not an API, it could do, I think, with a bit more polish. But I'm just getting into it, so maybe I haven't fully appreciated it yet, and that will change with time. But yeah, more for next week that I'm going to be uh, talking about those in a decent amount of detail with some details on what those particular technologies are, at least in a nutshell, because they're quite sophisticated. And um, uh, if JWT is any reflection, uh, quite, quite sophisticated and detailed. I remember when, um, just to, to what, provide a demonstration or exemplification, would that be the right word, of that is when I was putting together the authentication and authorization and PHP course for Pluralsight. I had done some work with JWTs, but not enough to really feel comfortable. And I remember sitting at one of the local cafes day after day after day, just trolling through documentation and RFCs and blog posts, trying hard to get my head around it and to fully appreciate it. And it was just one of those things where it just took a while to click and I kept rereading and rereading till eventually, right, okay, I've got it now. And so in a 15 minute um, podcast episode next week, I hope to condense that enough <laughs> that you could at least say, okay, I've got a broad understanding of what they are and I think they're for me or, or they're not for me or feel comfortable to sort of go further and learn a lot more for yourself. So anyway, I don't want to go any further this week. I just want to try and keep these to roughly 15 minutes, maybe 20 in total each week. I hope you have had a great week. I hope that despite Omicron, or um, I think that's the name of it, the, the latest variant of COVID, uh, I hope that it is not impacting you 
too negatively. Uh, you, your family, your loved ones, your friends, are, I hope they're still able to sort of get on and, and do things and you're not really affected by lockdowns and so forth. Uh, and that you and all your friends and everyone are all around well. And if I don't talk to you before Christmas, even though I probably will, wishing you and everybody you know a very Merry Christmas and a very wonderful festive season. I'll catch you next week. So thanks for listening to another episode of the podcast. It has been my absolute pleasure having you as my guest. Be sure to check out the show notes for this episode, which you can find at podcast.webdevwithmat.com for links to all the things that are talked about during the episode. And until next time, my friend, keep learning, keep experimenting, and keep on building. It might seem like there's a lot to learn, but with a little bit of work on a regular basis, I reckon you'll grow your skills immeasurably in no time at all. And if it helps, remember the old saying, from little things, big things grow. Until next time, stay well.